Let us pray. And he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. John 9.25 Jesus, as you move in my life, I understand that there are people who are bent on trying to hold me to my past condition. However, because it is you who has healed me and transformed me, I will stand boldly and proclaim your truth, even if it means I may be thrown out of certain circles and relationships. I declare that you came so that the blind can see and receive new life, so that those who are focused on traditions will be silenced because you value faith and a humble and contrite heart before pride and ego. Thank you for opening my eyes, Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to sit and talk with me when I felt so thrown out and abandoned by those close to me. Through your power, Jesus, I now walk with a new vision and a new outlook on life. I once was blind, but now I see, and I have you to thank for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Blind at Birth In our last story, Jesus defended a woman caught in adultery from being stoned to death. She was drug out into the public half-naked for all to shame her. Yet Jesus stood up to the religious leaders and proclaimed that whoever was without sin could throw the first stone. Since none of them had a rebuttal for Jesus, they left, and the woman was forgiven. Now we see Jesus exposing the wicked hearts of the religious elite by giving sight to a blind man. This young man would be caught in the crossfires of the legalistic Pharisees and the compassionate Christ, inspired by the Gospels. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bible in a Year podcast. Once again, this is Jack Graham. In our previous episode, we heard how Jesus frustrated the plans of religious leaders who wanted to trap him with a choice to either follow the law of the letter of the law or simply ignore what was written in the law of Moses. Instead of playing their game, he challenged them to evaluate their own sinfulness and he exposed their sin and then extended grace and forgiveness to a woman caught in the act of adultery. Today, we'll hear how Jesus lovingly corrects the misconceptions of the disciples who seek to understand why a young man was born blind. And we'll see once again how the legalists attempt to trap Jesus. But in doing so, they expose their own heartlessness and lack of love and compassion for people in need. Let's listen now to the reading of God's Word. The town of Capernaum was bustling with life. Vendors set up their shops in the marketplace streets. Men and women went to and from their homes with their children. Jesus looked at them with fatherly affection. Though not all of them knew him, he knew all of them by name. 
He knew their fears, dreams, and personalities. It was his absolute joy to serve them and ultimately die for them. As Jesus and his disciples were passing through the streets, they passed by a man who had been blind from birth. He sat on a blanket on the side of the road, holding out his hands for any form of kindness from strangers. The disciples looked at the man with concern. Teacher, who sinned to make this man born blind? Was it him or his parents? Jesus stopped walking and turned to them. He was upset at their question, for it revealed a poor understanding of God's character. Neither he or his parents have done anything wrong, Jesus answered. He turned to the blind man and knelt down to him. This man is blind so that God's compassion might be displayed, he said. Jesus picked up some dirt beside the man and spat in it. He began to form clay out of the spit and dust. As he was doing this, he spoke to the disciples. Night is coming. In that time, nobody will be able to do the will of God, but for now it is day, and we must use that time to help others. As long as I am in the world, I will be a light for all. Jesus finished molding the clay in his hands. He took it and spread it across the man's eyes. Jesus helped the man to his feet and whispered, Go and wash your eyes at the pool of Siloam. So the man went a few yards east and began washing the mud out of his eyes. As he was wiping his face, light emerged from the darkness. The all-consuming blackness was replaced with marvelous colors and shapes. The man was healed from his blindness. The man passed right by Jesus and walked away, since he did not know the sight of him from before. As he was walking the city streets, taking in all the new images, people began to notice him. Isn't that the blind beggar? they asked themselves. No, it can't be, they replied. The man heard them and said, You are right, I was the blind beggar that sat by the road. The people were astonished. How were your eyes opened? they asked. The man replied, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes with it. He asked me to wash it off by the pool, and then my eyes were given sight. Where is Jesus? they asked. How would I know? the man replied. I did not see him before my sight was given to me. Some of the skeptics brought the man to the Pharisees, who had made themselves the enemies of Jesus. The man stood before them, wondering why he was being judged for being healed. However, it was the Sabbath, and the religious leaders had made many laws preventing people from doing any sort of work, good or bad, that day. The Pharisees lifted their noses high and asked, How did you come by your new sight? The man sighed. As I have said before, Jesus put mud in my eyes and asked me to wash them off. When I did, my sight was given to me. The Pharisees scoffed. They argued amongst themselves whether Jesus had done anything good at all since he healed a man on the Sabbath. They turned to the man and asked, What do you think about Jesus? Is he a sinner or a savior? I believe he could be a prophet, the man said without thinking. This answer displeased the Pharisees. They did not want to believe Jesus would do something so kind. They wanted to villainize him. So they brought up the man's parents to validate that he was indeed born blind. Was your son in fact born blind? They asked the parents. Both the mother and the father feared the Pharisees. They did not want to answer, since they were known to throw disagreeing people out of the synagogues. Our son is of age, they said. You may ask him yourself. So the Pharisees asked the young man again what he believed about Jesus. The man paused for a moment and considered the question. He closed his eyes to remove distraction. A single tear fell from his face as he smiled. 
He looked up to the Pharisees and said, All I know is that I was born blind, but now I can see. The Pharisees shook in their seats. What did he do to you? They yelled. How did he open your eyes? The young man was beginning to grow tired of their questions. He answered and said to them, Why do you keep asking me? I have told you what he did. Do you ask me because you want to be like him or become his disciples? The Pharisees stood to their feet and scoffed. Of course not, they exclaimed. We are disciples of Moses only. Jesus is a stranger. The man shook his head. This is outrageous, he replied. You say he is a stranger, yet he opened my eyes. You and I both know that God does not do this sort of thing through evil men. Never have you or I ever heard of a mere man opening the eyes of someone born blind. Yet here I stand before you. If Jesus was not of God, I would not be here. You are a mutt born from hell, the Pharisees yelled. They called for the temple guards to seize him, and the man was cast out from the courts. The young man was tossed out of the synagogue into the stone streets. He slowly raised to his feet and brushed the dust off his clothes. He was happy to have sight, yet sad at what he had seen. Even his own parents would not defend him. He walked to the old curb where he used to sit and beg. He watched the people pass by him, wondering if all people looked different. Of course, he did not know since he had been born blind. As he let his mind wander, a stranger sat beside him. He looked at the young man with a warm smile. In fact, it was probably the first smile he had seen in his life. Do you believe in the Son of God? the stranger asked. I wonder who he is. I would like to believe in him, the young man answered. The stranger nodded. You have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. The young man turned his head quickly and observed the stranger's face. It was him, Jesus, the man who had healed his blindness, the one and only begotten Son of God. Lord, I believe. And the young man fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. Jesus propped him up and embraced him. I have come that those who are blind might see. Jesus said, and those that can see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees passed by as Jesus spoke these words. They were riled up by his statement and interrupted, saying, Are we the blind ones? they asked. Jesus did not answer for a moment. He could see the concern lying behind their tough exterior. If you were blind, you would not feel the inner guilt you are feeling right now. But since you feel the need to tell me of your sight, your blindness obviously remains. Today's scripture begins in the public market, just as our last episode did. This time, Jesus was with his disciples walking through the streets on the Sabbath. They come upon a young man who has been blind since birth. Seeing him, the disciples pose a question to Jesus. But their question is different from the Pharisees. They are seeking to understand and to find wisdom not to trap the teacher, but to truly understand why this man was in his condition. They ask who sinned to cause this man to be born blind, because this was the prevailing idea of the time. Sickness and disability happened as a direct result of some sin or wrongdoing as punishment from God for bad behavior. The question of these men was sincere, but it revealed a deep understanding of the true loving nature of God. So, Jesus gently corrected them, saying his parents had done nothing wrong. He didn't mean that they were without sin, of course, 
only that the blindness, this man's blindness, was not a result of punishment for anyone's sins. In fact, difficult as it was for this man, his blindness had a purpose, to show God's power and his compassion. The truth is, we often can't answer the why question, why something is happening, why something bad happens to bad people or good people. We can understand maybe why bad things happen to bad people, but why does it happen to so-called innocent people? When we face a why question, something that we cannot answer, we should really begin to ask the what question. God, what are you doing in this situation? What is your purpose? What is your plan? Jesus then spat on some dirt and rubbed it in the man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. For the first time ever, this man could see the world around him, a world that up to that point had been filled only with darkness. Just think how incredible, how amazing this would be to see for the very first time a whole new world had opened to this man. And when those who knew him saw this man, they were incredulous. How could this man born blind who begged in the streets so long now see? But he insisted, yes, it was him. A man called Jesus cured his blindness. He'd never had a chance to see Jesus, though, so he could not point him out to anyone. This man's story was so amazing that they took him before the Pharisees, who, rather than praise God for the healing of a man in need, immediately began to find fault. The man had been healed on the Sabbath, and in their limited vision of God, they believed that this was somehow against God's law. The Pharisees could not agree, however, if this man named Jesus was good or a sinner. So they asked the beggar what he thought, and he told them he believed Jesus was a prophet. This didn't help matters. They still weren't satisfied, so they asked the man's parents if he was truly born blind. The parents refused to get involved. For what reason, we don't know, but in this moment, the blind man found himself standing alone, being questioned by these religious authorities. What was meant to be a joyous day for him has somehow now become a battle, a burden, because of the lack of insight and compassion of the legalists. But he stayed with his story because he knew it was true, saying that all he knew was once he was blind and now he could see. What a powerful testimony. And it was Jesus who gave him his sight. So the Pharisees angrily sent him away, refusing to believe in Jesus or this man, who to them was nothing but a worthless sinner. Jesus then shows up. He spoke to the man who did not know him yet since he had never seen his healer. Jesus asked him a simple question. Do you believe in the Son of Man? We hear the man's response of eagerness to believe as he asks, Where is this man that I might believe in him? And Jesus reveals himself to the man whose response found in John 9.38 reflects perfectly what our response should be to Jesus. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. When we believe in Jesus, we bow before him and give our lives to him. When Jesus opens our blind eyes, our response is to say, yes, Lord, I believe, and I worship you. As for the religious crowd, Jesus spoke to them, saying that they were not blind to their own sin. They knew it very clearly. Their blindness was spiritual, a blindness that, though they failed to realize it, Jesus was and is the only one who can heal. Dear God, thank you for today's scripture and the power of Jesus to open our eyes that we may see you. 
Thank you that you came to this earth to heal our spiritual blindness because you are the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham of Dallas, Texas. You can download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study the priority of your life. And if you enjoyed this podcast, tell someone about it. Pass it on. Let others know because it is our desire to get God's Word to as many people as possible as fast as possible. And if you want to know more about what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, then go to jackgraham.org jackgraham.org, and we have many resources that are available for you there. I also want to invite you to something very special, to join me and my wife, Deb, on a trip to Israel in 2024. We leave on April the 1st for a 10-day journey, a trip that you will never forget, the trip of a lifetime. We also have a trip to Alaska, a Bible study cruise to Alaska that goes in July. We would love to have you for one of those or both. Go to jackgram.org or prestonwood.org for information. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.